My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 41. Iteration 37 was called The Myth of the Perfect Thing, and in it I chronicled part of my years-long search for a new camera to replace or at least complement my Fuji X-Pro1, ultimately leading me to the Olympus EM-1 Mark II. But a few days after I recorded that episode, I actually bought a Fuji X-T3, and since I started posting images taken with it, I've gotten some emails and messages asking what happened and whether or not my feelings had changed about the Olympus. Well, the short answer is no, but I feel like it deserves a little clarification. The main reason I chose the Olympus was how it felt in my hand. But as I mentioned in 37, it wasn't just the feel. The performance of the camera is outstanding, and not outstanding for a micro four-thirds camera, just outstanding, full stop. That said, something in the back of my head kept me wondering about the new Fuji. If you were ever an on-taking pictures listener, you heard me repeatedly wax poetic about my love and borderline obsession with my X-Pro1. And though it's not nearly as ergonomic as the Olympus, the feel of the body is what initially drew me to that camera as well. As I said in 37 and a few times previously, whenever I pick it up, the coldness of the metal reminds me of the old Nikon and Pentax film cameras I used when I was first learning photography, and which I still have a few of today. But beyond the physical feel, I quickly fell in love with the feel of the images the camera was able to produce. The colors and the way the highlights and shadows roll off, even the noise, which to my eye is almost, dare I say, filmic. It's for those reasons and a few others that are more esoteric, for lack of a better word, that I think the X-Pro1 will always be my favorite digital camera. I tried the X-Pro2 and the X-T2 when each of them came out, and while they're both incredible cameras, they didn't feel like the X-Pro1. They just didn't have that same magic of the original X-Trans sensor. When the X-T3 was released, there was a ton of hype over it. In fact, it seemed like nobody had any issues with it whatsoever, other than maybe battery life, and even that was excused. If I'm being honest, all of that fawning was a little off-putting. Keep in mind that I got another chance to shoot with the X-T2 alongside the EM-1 Mark II, and I still preferred the Olympus. So could the X-T3 be that much better? And if so, better how? We've gotten to the point with cameras where incremental improvements are treated as massive new features. So in an effort to gain a more balanced perspective, I emailed Steve Huff, who in my opinion is one of, if not the best reviewers out there, and someone who not only gushed over the EM-1 Mark II when it came out, even calling it his pick for camera of the year, but who's also been historically unimpressed with Fuji cameras. I asked him whether the hype around the X-T3 was deserved, and how it compared to the EM-1 Mark II he loved so much. Other than ergonomics, he said the Fuji was better in virtually every way, including autofocus, video performance, low light, and overall image quality. And to get that sort of feedback from Steve really piqued my interest, so I ordered one for myself to see how it performed on its own and how it compared to the EM-1 Mark II. I bought the silver version, and I've got to tell you, it's a damn sexy camera. The grip is still just as lackluster as the X-T2 and nowhere near as comfortable as the Olympus, but the new EVF is absolutely gorgeous. Certainly the best EVF I've ever used and a dramatic upgrade over the EVF in both the X-Pro1 and the EM-1 Mark II which from what I understand was carried over from the original EM-1. And why every other manufacturer doesn't allow shooting information to rotate when the camera is in portrait orientation is beyond me. It's a fantastic feature. And just as an aside, the EM-1 Mark II EVF has a subtle but annoying greenish moray pattern that once you see, you simply can't unsee. I've asked a couple other Olympus users about it, and they've confirmed that it's definitely a thing. 
Though for what it's worth, it seems to be an issue with several EVFs from different manufacturers, not just Olympus. Although I can't see any moray on the X-T3 EVFs, so maybe it doesn't happen on OLED panels. Feel free to message me if you happen to have some clarification around this. Autofocus on the X-T3 is incredibly fast and accurate, but I feel like the EM1 Mark II is still just a tad faster, at least in single point. Continuous autofocus is another story. It's much more consistent and much more customizable on the X-T3, and while the face and eye tracking are both very good, they're still not quite up to what I've seen on the Sony a7 III. All of this tech is academic. The big reason people love Fuji cameras, arguably even more than the retro styling and the physical controls, is the Fuji color science. It's something I love about the X-Pro1, and it's even better on the X-T3. For example, I've never had access to Acros or Classic Chrome, both of which are fantastic. And being able to dial the highlights and shadows to plus minus four rather than two means that there's a little more fine-tuning that can be done to dial in the look just the way you want it. Eterna is a welcome addition, especially for someone like me who has no interest in the tedium of color grading. And if there's one thing I know about Fuji, it's that as great as the X-T3 is right now, it's going to be even better in a year or two as Fuji releases firmware updates. Updates that will not only improve performance and fix bugs, but also add completely new features. Because of firmware updates, my X-Pro1 is a much more responsive camera now than it was when I bought it. And that's pretty much across the board with all of their cameras. More than two years into the life of the EM1 Mark II, I would be very surprised if Olympus released another firmware update, despite a fair number of mostly minor but still annoying little issues. Look, this was not meant to be a review of the X-T3, nor is it me backpedaling on the EM1 Mark II. I stand by everything I've said about it, and I really don't see one of these cameras as objectively better than the other. Each camera has its strengths, and each has its weaknesses, and choosing the one that will work best for me means that I have to be okay with giving up some features to gain others. Ultimately, that meant keeping the Fuji and sending the Olympus back. And as much as I beat myself up over the process and all of the back and forth around making the decision, I'm glad I could give myself permission to take time shooting with both cameras, which allowed me to choose the one that's going to work best for where I am as a photographer right now and also in the future. In the show notes, you'll find links to a few of the things I found interesting recently, including a brutally honest and revealing Esquire interview with Bruce Springsteen. He talks about politics, mental health, and exercising some of his own demons. And if you enjoy the interview and want to learn more about Bruce's life, I can't recommend his autobiography Born to Run highly enough, especially the audiobook version. Hearing Bruce tell his own life story, at least for me, was a profoundly moving experience, so I'll include a link to that as well. Also, Russian director Maxim Zheskov, and I hope I'm pronouncing that at least somewhat correctly, uh, has created a new short film called Layers, which shows a variety of these enormous, seemingly enormous, matte black monoliths being bisected by a force that we can't see, but it reveals these multi-layered, multi-colored interiors. And I know my description isn't doing the piece any justice, but it really is hypnotic. And finally, Google has created a new augmented reality app simply called Vermeer that pulls together images from the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the National Gallery of Art here in DC, the Rijksmuseum, the Louvre, the Frick Collection, and the Isabella Stewart Gardner Collection into a virtual museum of all 36 pieces of Vermeer's work. Subscribe to Iterations in your favorite podcast app. You can also subscribe to the new Everything feed and get every iteration, every episode of Process Driven, every one-off conversation, and anything else I happen to release all in one feed. Just search for Jeffrey Sidoris Everything. 
If you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sadoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. And for a limited time, you can save 20% on the analog digital bundle of my book, Photography by the Letter, which includes both the paperback and the downloadable ebook. Visit photographybytheletter.com or jeffreysedoris.com for information. I'll be back in a week or two with another iteration, and I hope you'll join me. Until then, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your attention. And I'll talk to you on the next one.